Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Home and Away Sports Podcast. My name is Jacob Kaismore, recording this on Sunday um, night, June the 27th, uh, which means tomorrow morning here on the East Coast, bright and early at 6 a.m., the Wimbledon Championships will be beginning. Um, and very much uh, excited for this, especially after not having Wimbledon last year. It's going to be the first time we've seen uh, a grass court Grand Slam in two years. Very exciting. Lots to talk about. Lots of storylines on both draws. Going to dig into as much as we can here in this this uh, podcast. Uh, going to look at the draws, make some predictions, which I'm sure in two weeks' time will come back to bite me. But um, yeah, there, there's a ton to talk about. And um really excited uh, for Wimbledon this year. I think uh, this is probably uh, the slam that I'm most excited for this year. Uh, usually is anyway. Wimbledon is uh, my favorite Grand Slam out of the four. And again, not having it in about 700 days uh, just makes the anticipation uh, even greater. But um, yeah, so this is going to be, like I said, the first Wimbledon since 2019. Um, missing it last year is obviously very difficult due to COVID-19. Um, and there are some, some kind of differences. It's not going to be a completely normal Wimbledon. Um, there's going to be limited crowd, uh, the first week they're, they're saying up to 50%, uh, capacity on the grounds throughout the first week. However, they're saying that, um, they should work their way up and be full capacity, uh, by championship weekend, which will be very good. The atmosphere, uh, for the, for the finals, uh, sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, we'll see what it is the first week. I'm assuming that, um, the outdoor courts, uh, not going to be the typical atmosphere in, in the opening week, which, uh, will be a little disappointing, but it's okay. Uh, hopefully next year we'll be able to get that back to a hundred percent. Um, the, also the interesting thing about, um, the crowd this week is that attendees must show proof of vaccination, uh, to get into the grounds, which is, um, you know, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't think the other slams, uh, did that uh, this year. So Wimbledon kind of, um, doing their own thing there, which is, is cool. Um, yeah. And then a couple of other differences with the tournament this year as well is that for the first time since 2002, uh, Wimbledon is not going to use their grass court seating formula for the draw. Um, you know, and, in, in, in typical years they would, uh, seed the players based on a special, uh, formula that would, uh, weight, I guess, their, their grass court performances throughout the past year. Uh, so it would get the, the top grass court players um, a little bit of a bump in the seedings, which uh, was always good, um, kind of reflect um, form on grass a little bit more than, you know, necessarily the, your world ranking, which is obviously skewed, um, can be skewed by performances on other surfaces. Um, but they have decided not to use that this year. Um, and, you know, you look at the draw and you can see a couple of instances maybe where that is uh, going to come into play, especially with uh, one Roger Federer being seated seventh in this tournament. But we are going to talk plenty about Roger Federer uh, as we get into this podcast. But I mean, other than that, you know, it's 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 Wimbledon, you know, it's it's, it's still Wimbledon. Uh, it's going to be really fun. And like I said, we have a ton of storylines. and I think that the biggest storyline undoubtedly coming into this week has to be uh, Novak Djokovic uh, coming off the French Open victory uh, earlier this month and now looking for his uh, record-tying 20th Grand Slam and what would be his third consecutive Wimbledon title if he can get it done in uh, London. And yeah, I, I think with, with Novak, um, you know, bold prediction here for me, but he obviously has the chance to complete the calendar Grand Slam uh, this year if he wins Wimbledon and then the U.S. Open uh, later on in the summer. Uh, and then obviously he's still looking for his first Olympic gold medal, which he could potentially accomplish in Tokyo uh, next month. And I think that he is going to do both of those things. Uh, again, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously come back to that, I'm sure. Uh, later if he doesn't <laughs> achieve it but you heard it here first uh, I think he's going to win Wimbledon I think he's going to win the U.S. Open and I think he's going to win the Tokyo Olympics and you know I think there's just we can start with with Wimbledon um, you know I think right now he 
is arguably the best grass court player in all the world. Um, you know, we obviously haven't had a lot of grass court tennis the last couple of years, so I'm maybe a little hesitant to say it, but he's won uh, two straight Wimbledons, 2018 and 2019. Uh, he's also, you know, he's won this title five times. Um, you know, he's um, just been been very good on, on grass the last few years. Um, and I think with Djokovic uh, in this tournament, I just don't see a lot of people that can really beat him in a best three out of five set match. Um, you know, Rafael Nadal obviously is not here. Um, they've had a couple of really good matches at Wimbledon, uh, most recently in 2018. Um, somebody that could at least push him, we know, and he, he's not going to be in this tournament. You know, we don't really know, uh, you know, where Roger Federer is at this point. Um, you know, can he really uh, hang with Djokovic on grass. We have obviously seen their last couple meetings at Wimbledon have gone Djokovic's way. And then, of course, the last few times they've played at slams, uh, it's also gone Djokovic's way. So is Federer going to be physically able uh, to hang in there with Djokovic at this tournament if they meet in the final? I don't know. And there's just a lot of a lot of uncertainty with a lot of the other uh, top, top seeds, top contenders in this tournament as to whether or not they can actually, A, play uh, at a high level, uh, on grass we haven't seen it and we'll get into a lot of that later uh, but there's also a lot of guys that you just wonder are they are they simply just good enough to to really beat Novak I, I look at the draw um, and I think there's maybe four or five guys uh, that Djokovic could possibly play that could give him a little bit of trouble um, you know but I, I just I don't see anybody that can that can beat him at this tournament um and honestly, like with Nadal not playing Tokyo either, I don't know who's going to necessarily beat him at the Olympics. Um, and I really don't see him not winning the U.S. Open as well. So that that's just kind of where I'm at right now with, with Novak. I think, you know, I think there's definitely people that could maybe give him some tough matches. I'm not saying it's going to be a cakewalk for him, but I also don't think uh, he's going to be uh, stressed too much. Uh, here at Wimbledon, for sure. I mean, you look at the draw for him. Um, you know, pretty interesting first round match against Jack Draper, um, you know, the young Brit, young British player, um, and and that'll be a fun match on opening day. But you know, good play Kevin Anderson in the second round as well. That'd be a rematch of the twenty eighteen final. But obviously, Kevin Anderson, uh, not the player he was three years ago. I mean, beyond that, I I don't see who's gonna challenge him in this very top section. Uh, the other seeds are. Uh, Gael Monfils, that's who he could play in the fourth round. Gael's had a horrible 2021, struggling just to win matches. I honestly would be surprised if Gael even gets to the fourth round with how he's been playing this year. That would be a heck of an achievement for him at this point. Uh, the other seeds are Christian Garin, who's a clay court player, and Alejandra Davidovich-Fakina, again, clay court player. Never has played the main draw at Wimbledon. Um, so, um, you know, I don't particularly believe any of those three guys can beat Novak Djokovic uh and then you know you look at the the rest of the top half I mean you could obviously play Sissipas in the semifinals which I would anticipate happening um but Stefanos really hasn't had a great run of it at Wimbledon we can talk about that later as well uh you know he could also play Rublev maybe in the quarterfinals uh Rublev not again not the most accomplished grass court player you know I, I really don't see Novak having any problems to be honest getting to the final um and you know if he even if he does I I wouldn't be too worried about it I I, I think as long as he is you know uh all there physically somewhat close to 100% physically I think he's gonna get through the first week pretty pretty well without any issues and then once we get to the second week, you know, we, we know that Novak Djokovic can, can, can crank it up a gear, uh, into a gear that, that not a lot of people have. Um, and you know, I, I, I think he can kind of work his way through this first week, conserve some energy, save some, uh, for the second week, which he, he does so well. Um, you know, and, and I really, that there are some guys in the bottom half that I think he could play in the final that could, that could maybe, uh, give him a good match. I just don't think there's anybody that can beat him. So um, it, it's going to be really interesting, though, um, to watch him kind of work his way through um, and, and you know, trying to win a third straight Wimbledon title, which, um, you know, would obviously be a very impressive feat, um, especially just considering uh, 
um, some of his peers, you know, playing in the same same era as Roger Federer, you know, arguably the best Wimbledon player of all time, grass court player of all time, and also uh, Rafael Nadal for him to, to pull six Wimbledon titles uh, potentially uh, in this era would be extremely impressive. But, um, yeah, let's, let's look at a couple of the other big contenders in this tournament, and I think... You know, if, if Novak Djokovic is a huge storyline, then I think Roger Federer is probably about equally as big a storyline as well. Um, Roger Federer is the number six seed on uh, this year's tournament uh, with a couple of withdrawals by Rafael Nadal and Dominic Thiem. Um, he ends up going from eight to six, which is obviously very helpful for him. Uh, he avoided Novak Djokovic's half of the draw, which obviously was very possible with him being the six seed, but he is in the bottom half. And... You know, it's a pretty decent draw, um, you know, but I think for for Roger, you know, trying to make uh, a run here at a ninth Wimbledon title, you know, and hasn't won this event since 2017, hasn't won a Grand Slam since 2018. Uh, I think there's a lot of questions coming into this week, you know, kind of where is Roger Federer at in his career? Um, you know, are we, you know, how many more? Um, Grand Slams is he realistically going to have a chance to win? You know, is this maybe his last best chance uh, to win a Grand Slam title? I think all of that is very fair. Um, you know, and I think, I think with Roger, there's a lot of question marks too, just about his form coming into this event. You know, he played uh, grass court tune up in in Halle, and you know lost to Felix Ojeda-Aliassime there, and really did not look particularly good. Uh, was not moving very well, uh, was not very sharp um, with his ground strokes. And, you know, I think for Roger, who usually, you know, does very well in that tournament, usually looks very prepared in that tournament, looks uh, like he always is ready for Wimbledon after after coming out of that tournament, whether he wins it or not, you, you feel pretty good about his chances uh, and how he's playing. And I really don't feel very good uh, about what happened in Hall of the match against FAA. Uh, very concerning. You know, of course, Roger Federer is 39 years old. Uh, you got to wonder when the movement uh, is going to start to go. Uh, you know, factor in that he just had, you know, knee surgery not too long ago. Um, you know, and he usually, you know, does a very good job uh, on court of making you kind of forget about his age, forget about his injury history. Well, uh, the match against FAA there in Germany, you, you definitely felt like he was a 39-year-old coming off a of knee surgery. He definitely looked at... Um, you know, I don't know if that was just the lack, lack of match play, you know, um, it, it contributing to that. I, I'm really not sure, but you know, he's, if he's going to win, uh, this, this tournament, you know, he's going to need to be, he's going to need to be somewhat close to hundred percent physically. And I, I really don't know if he's there or not. Uh, and I, like I said, I think the draw was very helpful for him. It's not that bad. You know, he's going to open first round against Adrian Manorino. Adrian Manorino is a pretty good grass court player, but you know Federer should get through that match. Could play Richard Gasquet in the second round. Uh, that would be interesting, but again, Federer really shouldn't have any problems there. You know, third round though, it could get interesting. He could potentially play Cam Norrie, the British number one, um, and then in the fourth round he could play could play uh, actually a multitude of players i don't know who's going to get through this little section down there but he could play either pablo corona busta maybe lorenzo sonego or maybe even sam query if he gets through um but yeah i mean it's it's a it's a decent draw for federer i i i like the half of the draw that he's in though i think if he is um if he is doing pretty well physically um i think it's a good draw for him you know he's like i said he's in the bottom half which is great um, you know, he could play Daniil Medvedev if seeds hold the form, uh, potentially in the quarterfinals, um, which would be a heck of a match. And then in the semis, he could maybe, if again, if seeds hold the form, he'd be playing either Zverev or Berrettini. Um, and I think Federer, you know, with his history on grass, um, again, it's all about uh, whether or not he's going to hold up physically. Um, but if he is good to go uh, health-wise, then I really like his draw and I think that uh, if he does get to the second week of this tournament, then he's got a really good shot of making it to the finals. Um, but, you know, again, can he hold up physically? That is the big question uh, of the tournament, I think, for, for Roger Federer. And, you know, again, at 39 years old, coming off knee surgery, I really don't know um, how that's going to 
go for him. Um, yeah, but but we'll see if anybody can do it. It's Roger Federer. He he's proved it to us before, and we'll see if he can he can prove it to us again. Um, something else to watch uh, this week. Something that I'm very excited for is Andy Murray uh, is making his Wimbledon return. Um, has not played in the tournament since 2017, uh, since he lost in the quarterfinals to Sam Querrey. Obviously, that was when uh, the hip injury um, pretty much took him out uh, of the game. Uh, that was the last match that he played in 2017. That was the last match that he played before he had his hips, first hip surgery uh, in early 2018. I uh, still remember that match vividly. Um, and it's crazy that it's been four years since that match. To be honest, um, Andy's been through so much the last four years, and it'll be really cool to to watch him uh, come back on center court and and play in front of the home home crowd. Uh, he's going to open with the number twenty four seed Nicolas Basilis Philly, and um, it, you know it's a very interesting match. Um, Basilis Philly uh, has not been to the second week. Uh, of Wimbledon before, uh, has made it to the third round, uh, did it in 2015, but I wouldn't say he is a particularly great grass court player. Um, so I think it's a pretty good draw for Andy Murray. Obviously as a, you know, unseated wild card, Andy could have fallen anywhere in the draw. Um, you know, so, you know, playing a seed maybe in the first round is not uh, the best of luck. He's had a pretty tough go of it. Uh, lately in singles draws in terms of where he's been um, been dropped in a lot of these draws, been playing a lot of top seeds very early. Uh, but if he can get through Basilis Philly, like it's not it's a very doable draw, I feel like, for him. Uh, if he if he beats Basilis Philly, he would play a qualifier in the second round. Um, which would be, you know, a nice change of pace from having to play like a top seed, obviously, in the second round, like he did in uh, when he played in Queens Club. Uh, earlier this month and then in the third round if if seeds hold a form he could play Denis Shapovalov who is um you know playing pretty well but it's a a very winnable match I would say for Andy Murray I think a lot of the questions for Andy are going to be you know very similar to Roger Federer kind of where are we at physically um with Andy um obviously the hip has been you know the main point of concern for a long time but there's also been a couple other nagging injuries uh over the last few months that pretty much kept him out of the clay court season you know came back in queen's club earlier this month you know beat benoit pair uh lost to Matteo barrettini in, in the second round you know i wouldn't say he moved great he moved uh, he moved okay um you know played pretty well i feel like even in the barrettini match barrettini was just playing you know so well there really wasn't much he could have done in that match i feel like but uh i i feel that if Andy, um, you know, if he moves well, um, then he can definitely beat Basilis Philly. I think he can actually make maybe a little run in this section. Um, and, you know, I think in terms of the expectations uh, for Andy Murray in this tournament, you know, obviously uh, for most of his career, he's come to Wimbledon, uh, been one of the, the big favorites to win. There's been a lot of pressure on him, um, you know, with this being, um, you know, his home, home Grand Slam you know, being the British number one, really being Britain's only hope on the men's side of actually winning the tournament, you know, and it's a lot of expectations, and, you know, he doesn't have that this year, which could be a very good thing for him, um, really coming in here with, with no pressure at all, um, you know, and I think that he's definitely somebody, um, when, you know, when, if he's healthy, he's one of the better grass court players, I still think, in the world, um, one of the most successful on grass. I think he likes the grass a lot. Um, and I think, you know, this is the part of the season that he definitely prepares for the most. Um, and I really think that if he moves well, then he's going to have a really good shot to maybe even make the second week uh, of this tournament. Uh, but again, I don't think, you know, that's the expectation. I think, you know, for Andy Murray just to be here is, uh, you know, is, is awesome. And I'm sure for him, you know, he'd like to, to win a few matches this week, um, you know, and make some noise. But I also think that for him, just being here is probably a a success, uh, to be playing Wimbledon 2021. Uh, is this his last Wimbledon? You know, I don't, I don't know who could really say at this point with Andy Murray. Um, I hope not. I hope that he can, can end up back here next year. Uh, but you know, there's a decent chance that this could be 
his very last Wimbledon. You know, the match against Basel is really um, could be his last match if he doesn't win at Wimbledon. You just don't know uh, with with the injury situation with him how much longer he'll he'll want to go, how much longer he'll be able to go. Um, you know, but it's just going to be really cool. Probably one of the highlights of uh, day one uh, will be watching him walk back out on center court uh, with fans uh, and just kind of hearing the ovation that I, I'm sure he's going to get. It's been a long time uh, since the fans have seen him play singles at Wimbledon, and uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really cool this week. Um, somebody else that we were talking about in the top half of the draw, definitely somebody I think is going to uh, have a chance. Um, maybe against Novak Djokovic. If anybody in the top half has a chance against Novak, it is definitely this guy, uh, Stefano Sissipas. Um, Stefanos is the number three seed uh, in this tournament, coming off the loss uh, in the French Open final to Novak uh, just earlier this month. And there's a lot to like about Stefanos coming into this tournament. Um, like I said, just made his first Grand Slam final uh, on the clay at Roland Garros. You know, he's leading the ATP in wins in 2021. Um, and you know, has has been playing some some great tennis this year, um. But obviously, there are some things with Stefanos that you have to kind of wonder about. Um, you know, obviously, again, we didn't have Wimbledon last year, so it's a little bit unfair, um, you know, to say this. But uh, Stefanos only ever won three matches at Wimbledon. Uh, you know, he's only appeared in the tournament three times uh, in the main draw singles, uh, but still only has three wins. Um, you know, probably would have won maybe a couple of matches if they had come to Wimbledon last year. But, uh, you know, he's not had a lot of success on grass. And, you know, I, a little interesting. I feel like his game should translate pretty well to grass. I feel like the, the lack of success is probably just that the grass court season is very short. Um, again, hasn't played a lot at Wimbledon and I feel like uh the lack again I don't think it's because his game is not translating well I I I just think that it doesn't have a lot of experience on grass doesn't have a lot of matches on grass um and I think that's going to change in this tournament but uh he has got a very difficult opening round match uh gonna play Francis Tiafo the American in the first round Tiafo coming off a challenger title a couple weeks ago and then uh, played pretty well um, in the one of the grass court lead-up tournaments. And I think that Tiafo obviously, you know, poses a, a challenge for Sissipas. Um, you know, the, the problem with Francis in the past has been, can he hold up physically? He has kind of broken down uh, in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of majors uh, as of late. Uh, and it's happened to him at Wimbledon in the heat a couple of times where he's been in, in five-set matches and, uh, been unable to kind of hold it together uh, late in the fourth and fifth set. So we saw it in 2018 when he made the third round here. Uh, couldn't hold the lead uh, against Heron Hatchinoff that year. Um, you know, I think if Tiafo, uh is conditioned well, you know, that, that he can give Stefanos a pretty good pretty good battle. But, um, you know, I think Stefanos will probably get through that. You know, the rest of the draw for Stefanos is not that bad. He could play Alex Dimonor in the fourth round, which would be really interesting. But, you know, I think Stefanos, um, I like his chances this week. I think he's going to get to the semifinal, potentially play Novak Djokovic. Uh, and we'll, we'll see if he can maybe get the best of him on grass. Could not on the clay. Um, yeah, but I think Stefanos, is time for him to, to finally kind of break through at Wimbledon. Uh, and I think it should happen this week. So I'll be looking for that. A um, couple other contenders uh, in this tournament. Again, I don't think there's a lot of, of guys that can honestly win it. I do think there are a few in the bottom half that can definitely make a run, though. Uh, you know, First of all, we got the number two seed, Daniil Medvedev, coming off uh, grass court title in Majorca. Uh, he's going to open in the first round against Jan Lennart Struff, who actually beat him the week prior in Halle. Uh Very difficult first-round match. Struff also beat Andre Rublev in the first round at the French Open. Um you know, and, and Striff's a big hitter, uh, much like Medvedev. He can hang with Medvedev from the back of the court. Uh, that's just gonna it's gonna be a very interesting match. I think on the men's draw there are a lot of, of good first round matches that we're gonna get into, but Striff Medvedev's gonna be very fun. Um, you know, Alex Verov uh, is the number four seed, and I think he out of the top eight seeds, I think he might have the easiest draw through to the quarterfinals. Um you know, the, the other seeds in his section, uh, some young guys, uh, and Felix Ojeali-Asim, Ugo Umber, who is coming off a, a grass court title in Hala, and then Taylor Fritz as well, who's just coming off 
uh, knee surgery just a couple of weeks ago after injuring uh, the knee at the French Open. Um, I, I really don't see a lot of problems here for Zverev. The, the one thing for Zverev is, much like Tsitsipas, has not had a lot of success uh, on grass. Uh, has only advanced as far as the fourth round at Wimbledon. Uh, and that was way back in 2017. Has really struggled to get out of the first week at Wimbledon uh, since he made that fourth round four years ago. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Zverev, what he can do in this tournament, coming off a, a semifinal at the French Open, you know, was one set away from the final. Um, you know, obviously early in his career, we were we we're talking a lot about, you know, uh, being unable uh, to make quarterfinals in the Grand Slams, you know, unable to go deep in Grand Slams. And he's kind of turned that around uh, the last few slams, uh, making the semi in Paris, obviously made the final um, last year in New York. And I, I think he's got a really good shot to at least make it to the, the quarters uh, this weekend and maybe even further. Um, I think there's one more guy in the bottom half of the draw that you're going to have to watch uh, throughout this tournament. Uh, somebody that I honestly think can can maybe win the tournament, uh, but very quietly, uh, coming very quiet, I guess, coming into the, into the, into the week. Uh, and that's the number seven seat, Matteo Berrettini. Um, Matteo coming off a uh, grass court title in Queens Club. Um, has had a phenomenal season, kind of a breakout season. Um, had a... Uh, breakthrough on the clay this year which is definitely his worst surface out of the three uh made it to the final in uh, madrid which was his first clay court masters final and then also made it to the quarterfinals at the french open where he played a great match uh lost in four sets against novak djokovic but definitely held his own um you know and i think right now matteo berrettini is is definitely one of the best grass court players in the world um you know with as big as his his forehand is as big as his serve is uh, it definitely has has worked out well on grass the last you know couple of years. Obviously, we didn't have a grass court season last year, but even in twenty nineteen, uh, we saw some good things from him at Wimbledon. And you know, being uh, seated now uh, this high in Grand Slams is obviously huge for Matteo Berrettini. Um, the draw is not too bad. Uh, he could play John Isner in the third round, which would be a heck of a match. Uh, could play Casper Ruud or uh, Aslan Karatsev. Uh, in the fourth round as well, which would be very interesting matches. But I feel like uh, Berrettini, definitely just somebody to, to keep an eye on this week. Um, you know, we've, we've been talking about a lot of these really good first-round matches. And, yeah, there's a ton of good matches um, in the first couple days on the men's men's side. Uh, we talked about, you know, Sissy Poss and Tiafo is going to be really good. Uh, Djokovic, we talked a little bit about his match against Jack Draper. Um, Draper's the, the 19-year-old. Um, you know, one of the best prospects uh, in British tennis. Um, and he's coming off a really good run at Queens Club where he beat Yannick Sinner and Andre Bub- Andre Bublik uh, in that tournament. And um, yeah, I think, uh, sorry, Alexander Bublik uh, in that tournament, both top 40 players. And, um, you know, he's six foot four. He's got a big serve, big ground strokes, um, you know, and he's going to have the crowd, I would guess, uh in his favor, uh, he's going to play Djokovic on center court, opening match on center court on Monday, uh, and the crowd's probably going to be very much with him in that match. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he can kind of hold up against Novak. Um, maybe he can give him, um, you know, a, a good set or two. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, how his game uh, comes up against somebody like Novak couple other good matches as well we talked about struff and medvedev um that's going to be very interesting the one i'm really looking forward to is nick Kyrgios versus ugo umber uh like i said umber won the title in hala that was his first career atp 500 level tournament win and he's playing against nick Kyrgios, who has not played in a tournament since the australian open um you know but nick is saying that uh you know he's he's he should be the favorite in that match that's what he said on uh social media but, um, you know, Nick, obviously, you never know what you're going to get. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrgios showed up, lost that match in straight sets, or if he won the match and made it to the quarterfinals of this tournament. really wouldn't be surprised either way with him. Uh, you just never know what you're going to get out of Nick Kyrgios. Um, obviously, you know, with his serve and his forehand uh, on this surface, he's always going to be dangerous. But, I mean, he's you, you just got to wonder uh, if being away from the game that long, uh, he can really just step back in and, and compete at a high level against somebody like Ugo Umber, who's in great form on grass. 
Uh, and, and we'll see. Uh, I, I think that uh, Umber has got a pretty good chance, actually, in this tournament. Um, like I said, he's in this Zverev section. I think he could potentially get to the fourth round and, and play against Zverev. Uh, he just beat FAA in Halle, so that was obviously going to give him a, a confidence boost if he plays FAA again in the third round here. Um, yeah, but I think Umber, if he can get past Kyrgios, and that's an if, you know, Kyrgios is definitely a tough player to beat. But if he can get past Nick Kyrgios, I think he would he would give Zverev a pretty good run there in the fourth round. A couple other matches. we got Diego Schwartzman and Benoit Paire. Uh, Diego Schwartzman is the number nine seed in this tournament, coming off a really good run at the French Open. Hasn't had a great year and has never been to the second week at Wimbledon, which is really interesting. The only slam that he's not been to the second week at. Uh, and then you have Benoit Paire, who is 2-16 uh, in 2021. Uh, but he has made it to the second week at Wimbledon. Uh, two times, and you never know with Benoit Pair. Very much like Nick Kyrgios, you just never know what you're going to get out of Benoit Pair. Um, and that'll just be a really interesting match. I don't know if Pair can really hang with Schwartzman, but it'll be a fun one. Uh, a couple other matches to watch. Uh, Sebastian Corda having a phenomenal 2021. He's going to play Alex Dimonor, who just won a title uh, this past week in Eastbourne. And then also have Dan Evans versus Feliciano Lopez. I'm looking forward to that one. Obviously, Lopez, very good grass court player. Dan Evans, the British number two. Uh, we got Katie Shikori versus Alexi Poprin. That could be really fun potentially. And then Joe Wilfred Sanga versus Mikkeli Murr. Um, you know, I don't know really where Sanga is physically uh, for this tournament. I think we're kind of getting to the end of, of his career, unfortunately. Uh, maybe he can thrill us one more time at Wimbledon. He's had so many great matches uh, at Wimbledon in the past and maybe he can give us one more against a, a very similar player in Mikhail Yumer that you, you could definitely see some some very interesting uh exciting points in that match I think uh in terms of predictions I've kind of already made a few of my predictions um you know but I'll give you my quarterfinal predictions I think Novak Djokovic and Andre Rublev uh, are going to meet in the quarterfinals haven't talked a lot about Andre Rublev uh, he's number five seed uh, his draw is pretty good. He could play Fabio Fonini in the third round, which which could be interesting. Um, you know, but I like his draw other than that. I I think he's gonna get to the quarterfinals, but I don't think he's really a threat to to win the title. Um, and I don't think he would really hang with Novak too much in that match. Uh, I would I would take Novak to get through to the semis. Uh, I got Sissy Poss getting through to the quarterfinals, and I also have uh Riley Opelka, the number twenty seven seed. I think is gonna get through to the quarterfinals as well. He's in the um, Andy Murray section. Um, Roberto Bautista Agut is the, the top seed in that section. Denis Shapovalov, um, Basilis Vili are the other seeds. Uh, I got, I got Opelka though. I, um, you know, last time, uh, we were at Wimbledon, Opelka played very well, uh, made it to the third round, um, when he was a much lower ranked player. Um, you know, 23 years old, obviously we know how good his serve is. Uh, he actually played really well in the clay, much better than I thought. Um, had a couple of good runs in the clay court tournaments. And, you know, that serve's going to be really tough to beat on on the surface. And I'm just looking, you know, in his section. I, I, I think Bautista Gutz obviously been kind of up and down this year. I think Opelka would have a really good chance uh, against Roberto Bautista Gutz in the third round. Uh, and then, you know, if he plays Shapovalov uh, in the fourth round, again, I think that serve, um, you know, is going to kind of push him over the edge uh, in that match. So I think Opelka's going to make a good run to the quarterfinals. Uh, for the first time in his career at a major. But I would take Stefano Sissipas uh, to beat him in the quarterfinals and get to the semis. Uh, in the bottom half, uh, I'm big on Matteo Berrettini. This week, I think he's going to have a, a really good uh, really good tournament. I think he's going to get to the quarterfinals. Um, you know, I think he'll beat Isner in the third round. Um, and really not have problems after that in the fourth round against either Karatsev or Rude. Uh, Karatsev doesn't have a lot of grass court experience, and Rude is definitely a clay court player. So I, I like Berrettini's chances if he can get past Isner. Uh, and I think Zverev's going to get to the quarterfinals. Uh, you know, I've been talking a lot about that section with Umber and FAA, but uh, I like Zverev's chances. And then, you know, I am going to go chalk again with these bottom two sections. I think that uh, Federer is going to get through his section, and I think Daniil Medvedev, uh, in this very bottom section, is going to get past Truff in the first round. You know, he could play Marin Cilic as well. He's playing some great tennis in the third round, which would be really interesting. But I think Danil's going to do it uh, and get through um, to the quarterfinals to play Roger Federer. Uh, I would take Berrettini and Federer, actually, in those matches. I think Federer would have a... if Again, this is if Federer is holding up physically. I think he's got a great chance to beat Daniil Medvedev. Um, and then I would take... 
uh, in the semifinals, Djokovic uh, versus Sissipas, I would take Novak Djokovic, and I would take Berrettini actually over Federer in a semifinal. Um, so yeah, my finals are Djokovic versus Berrettini, and kind of as I've already said, I think Djokovic is going to win the title. I, I don't think there's anybody in the draw that can really uh, take three sets off him in this tournament. So yeah, I've got Novak Djokovic winning on the men's side. Big surprise. I know I'm really going out on a limb there. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be a good tournament though. I think there's uh, it's going to be very exciting. There's a lot of really good matches in the first week. Potentially, you know, I talked a lot, a lot about the ones you're going to see in the first round, but there's some potential good second round matches as well, uh, depending on how um, the first round goes. But I think it's going to be a really good tournament. Uh, very excited for it. Uh, flipping gears now to the women's tournament, and I have literally no idea what to expect. Um, you know, per usual, uh, when we get to the Grand Slam with the women, um, it's wide open again. There are probably about, you know, 20 some players that I would think have a chance to win. Um, you know, but the last couple of times I said that with the, on the women's side, somebody outside the, those 20 players, uh, ends up winning the title, which is exactly what happened at the French open. Um, uh, and, but you know, there's still a lot of, of compelling storylines for sure going into the tournament. And I'm sure a ton are going to develop, as we make our way through the tournament as well. Uh, I'm just going to tell you now that my predictions though, um, you know, there's nothing harder to predict in sports than who is going to win um, grand slams and women's tennis at the moment uh, in this kind of post Serena Williams era. Uh, it's very difficult to predict. Uh, my If I get two out of eight quarter finalists, correct, I will be very happy and very surprised. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think it's hard to kind of pinpoint you know, what the biggest storyline coming into this tournament is uh, for the for the women's side. You know, is it the players that are here? Is it the players that are not here? Uh, and, of course, what I mean by that is uh, we're missing two of the top three seeds uh, in this tournament, and that is because uh, Simone Halep, uh, the defending champion, uh, number three ranked player in the world, uh, unfortunately had to uh, pull out of the tournament earlier uh, last week, I guess, um, due to a calf injury that she suffered in Rome, um, has been unable to recover from that injury. Uh, it also caused her to miss the French Open. And, you know, really unfortunate. Uh, obviously, it's been two years since she won that title at Wimbledon, which is interesting. Um, but she still was a defending champion, and it's really sad that she's not going to have a chance to defend her title. Um, and then we're also missing Naomi Osaka. Um, world number two, uh, decided not to play after, uh, pulling out of the French open due to mental health concerns. Um, and she, uh, decided to skip Wimbledon said though, that she will be back hopefully for the Olympics, which is great. I really hope that she does play the Olympics in her home country. Um, you know, not going to talk a lot about the Naomi Osaka situation, all that stuff that happened at the French open. And all I will say though, is that I, I, I hope that, uh, I hope that, um, you know, she gets the help that she needs, uh, to work on her mental health. Uh, it's very important. Uh, I think she, uh, while I don't think she necessarily, uh, handled, uh, the situation at the French Open, you know, as, as well as she probably could have, obviously the tournament didn't either, you know, the tennis federations didn't either, um, you know, and it was just kind of a lose-lose for everybody. Um, you know, but I hope that, uh, I hope that she gets the help that she needs, uh, can get back to the tour as, as soon as possible because, you know, women's tennis is definitely better with Naomi Osaka on the court. And, uh, you know, I know that Wimbledon has not been her best tournament in the past, but uh, it would have been great to, to see her playing. Um, so hopefully hopefully she can, she can get better and uh, we'll see her at the Olympics probably next, uh, I would assume. Uh, and that'll be really cool to see her playing <laughs> in her home Olympics, something that you, you know, probably only get the chance maybe – if you're lucky once in once in a lifetime to do um so you know we're thinking about Naomi hopefully um like I said she's getting the help she needs and she can get back as soon as possible um you know but with with those two out obviously it 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 feels even more wide open those definitely would have been two of the favorites I feel like uh if they were in the field um you know but I think you know we got to talk a little bit about Serena Williams here um we're talking earlier about Roger Federer also 39 years old um, was it his last best chance to win a slam, uh, here? And you have to ask the same thing with Serena, who's going to turn 40 after the U S open. Is this her last best chance? 
to win a Grand Slam. Um, you know, and she's still in search of what would be a record-tying uh, 24th Grand Slam with Margaret Court. Uh, obviously, you know, does she need that record to, you know, be considered the greatest women's tennis player of all time? I don't think so. I think she's pretty much already locked that up. But obviously, she is still very motivated uh, to win that 24th Grand Slam. Um, yeah, but like I said, you know, she's going to turn 40 after the U.S. Open. Um, and I don't really know what you're going to get out of her this week. The last four times that she's played Wimbledon, uh, she's made it to the finals. Uh, obviously won two titles in 2015-2016, didn't play in 2017 uh, because of the pregnancy, and then 2018-2019 made the finals, lost to Kerber and Halep. Uh, but she's made she's made the final here the last four times she's played. Um, you know, and I think she's got a, a decent chance, maybe, uh, to do it again, but she's got a tough section. Uh, she could play potentially Angelique Kerber uh, in the third round. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Angelique in a little bit, but uh, that'd be a very difficult match. And then in the fourth round, she could play either Belinda Benchich or Coco Goff, uh, which again, very tough matches, which is, this is kind of the opposite of what she's had the last couple of years at Wimbledon, where she's had very uh, easy draws, really, in the first week, uh, first four rounds. You know, not really challenged all that much, but that's not going to be the case. It doesn't look like uh, this year. It's going to be very tough. And if she's going to get to the final, she's going to have to beat some really good players uh, in order to do so. Um you know, she obviously lost uh, the French Open to Rabakina. You know, didn't look terrible in that match. Clay obviously is not a great surface for her anymore. Uh, but she didn't play a grass tune-up. Um, you know, took the two weeks off to rest in between the French and Wimbledon, which might have been a good idea. But, um, you know, I don't really know. Uh, I don't I don't know what to expect from Serena. Uh, you know, she has just not been moving great in 2021, which is, again, understandable considering the age. Uh, and, you know, and, you know, the wear and tear that that's got to be built up over such a long career. Um, she's just, she's not moving great. She's still moving, you know, pretty good, you know, again, all things considered, but, um, you know, she's moving well enough to win this tournament. I don't know. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, obviously she's still got the serve. He still has the big forehand, uh, which is a great combination for grass court tennis. Um, you know, but she's going to have to play very clean this week, uh, this first week to get through. You know, there's been a lot of matches where, you know, and you got, I even go back to the Rabakina match where she doesn't move well in that match and, you know, ends up putting her in some in some bad positions, kind of prevents her from playing the offensive brand of tennis that she wants. And, you know, that she's going to have to to really serve well uh, and move well in order to, to have a good good tournament. Um, and her, like I said, a draw does her no favors, but uh, the first two rounds shouldn't be a problem. Should be able to work her way kind of end of the tournament, these first couple matches. And then, you know, again, if she plays Angelique Kerber in the third round, you know, that's obviously going to be a, a very difficult match. Um, you know, I, I guess we can talk about Angelique now too. Uh, you know, obviously Kerber won this tournament in 2018, beat Serena um, in the final, t- um, you know, and has really been struggling uh, this year. Has actually not won a title um, since 2018 at Wimbledon uh, until last week. Uh, when she won the title in her home country in Bad Homburg and, you know, beat Petra Kvitova in the semifinals there, uh, you know, one going away in the final against Nyakova, but it was her first title since she had won Wimbledon in 2018, which is crazy to think about uh, for a player that is going to be a Hall of Famer, that a player that's won three Grand Slams, has been to four Grand Slam finals, uh, to go three years without winning a title in the WTA Tour is kind of crazy. Um, you know, but she's playing really good tennis. She She likes the grass. Um, and I think that title has got to give her a lot of confidence coming in to Wimbledon, obviously a tournament that she won, you know, three years ago, you know, it hasn't been that long. There's only been one Wimbledon champion since Angelique Kerber won it. So, I mean, it's not been, it has been three years, but it's got to feel like it was, uh, you know, not so long ago for her. Um, you know, the interesting thing is that obviously, you know, this is, if, if she plays Serena in the third round, it's kind of going to be a Wimbledon rubber match. Uh, they met in the final in 2016. Uh, Serena won that one, and then obviously, like I said, they played in 2018. Kerber won that one, so I guess this is going to be the the rubber match to determine um, <laughs> who who actually has the the better of the the head to head between them at Wimbledon. But uh, I hope they do. I really want to see that match third round. Um, that would be that would definitely be the best match. I feel like um, in the third round across either draw, that would be a huge one on center court. Uh, a lot of hype, and I think the crowd. Uh, would definitely 
be really good for that match. I'm kind of looking elsewhere in the women's draw. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Ash Barty, uh, world number one, number one seed. But again, a lot of question marks uh, with Ash. Um, you know, pulled out of the French Open uh, due to a hip injury um, and didn't play uh, grass court tune-ups. You know, her her um, her first round match is going to be, I don't know, it, it's probably a good draw for her, but man, it's going to be really interesting. She's playing Carla Suarez Navarro in the first round. Carla, of course, uh, probably going to be her last Wimbledon. Um, you know, it might be her last match at Wimbledon if she does not win. But... Obviously, we know we all know Carla's story. She uh, dealt with Hodgkin lymphoma, was diagnosed uh, last September, uh, did is now cancer free, uh, and has been back on the WTA tour in twenty twenty one. But I'm, you know, she has pretty much said that she is is soon to retire. I uh, feel like this might be her her last run at Wimbledon, and um, you know, I think I I, I kind of hate that she drew Barty. Uh, because I don't know if she really has a chance to win that match, but it will be cool because the match is definitely going to be on center court, I would assume, uh, and it would be a good send-off uh, for Carla if she's unable to win. Uh, but going back to Ash Barty, um, you know, has been having a great 2021 uh, up until about Rome when she had to pull out uh, of the match against Coco Gauff, um, you know, and then had to pull out of the French Open too due to the hip injury, and, you know, I don't know. It, it It's kind of uh, up in the air as to where she's at physically, um, and, you know, she's a good grass court player. She's got a great variety, very eclectic game. Um, you know, made it to the fourth round in 2019, um, as the number one seed ended up losing, um, to Allison Risk in that, in that fourth round match. Um, you know, but I, I like, I like the way her game translate the, translates to grass. Um, you, you know, but I just, I don't know. I, I think if, again, I've said this a lot about a lot of players, but I feel like if she's healthy, if she's if she's good physically, like I like her draw a lot, um, you know, and I think she's she's got a great chance to get through to the second week and maybe even further than that. Um, you know, she got she got a little bit lucky. Um, you know, in the third round, she could have been playing Johanna Conta, the British number one, uh, great grass court player coming off a title a couple weeks ago on the grass. Um, now that would have been another really good third round match on the women's draw. Uh, unfortunately, though, yesterday or actually not just today, just a little bit ago, earlier today, this afternoon, uh, Johanna Conta was forced to uh, withdraw uh, from the tournament after being named a close contact for somebody who tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, that's really unfortunate. Actually, I had Conta, I had Conta beating Barty in the third round and, and going on actually all the way to the final. Uh, so I, I thought Johanna Conta, we were gonna, I was going to you know, spent a good bit of time talking about her chances in uh, this tournament, but uh, obviously not anymore. Um, you know, but that's a big break for Barty, uh, and it opens up the draw a lot for Barty. The other seeds uh, in her section are Kiki Burton's, who has said she's going to retire at the end of the year. Um, Barbara, she does have the French Open champion in her draw, obviously with Barbara Krajikova, but uh, you know, I, who knows? Again, another another um, kind of wild card i feel like in this tournament i don't really know what you're going to get from from barbara kajikova uh in this tournament coming off her, her first singles grand slam but uh I, I like barty's chances a lot with with conta not in the draw um uh, you know there, there's a couple other uh you know contenders obviously that are in pretty good form on the grass we've already talked about uh angelique kerber coming off a title you know <laughs> johanna conto is obviously somebody um coming off a title as well that i think was would have had a great chance obviously no longer um, you know, Petra Kvitova coming off um, a semifinal run at Bad Hoffenberg last week, two-time champion at Wimbledon, um, you know, and I like her draws a lot as well. Um, she's in the, the Carolina Pliskova section in the bottom half of the draw, which will be uh, interesting to see. She's playing Sloan Stevens in the first round, which, I mean, how often do you have two Grand Slam champions facing off against each other in the first round of a major? Uh, not very much. Uh, that'll be a really interesting match. Um I think Kvitova will probably come through it, you know, and I think there's obviously Yelena Ostapenko as well, uh, won a grass court title as well in Eastbourne last week, and she's in a really good section of the draw too. I think you got to watch her. She's in the top half of the draw in the Bianca Andrescu, Vika, Azarenka section. Um, she's going to open with Layla Fernandez, could play Andrescu maybe in the third round. Uh, I would watch Ostapenko, a former um, semifinalist at Wimbledon, uh, and definitely somebody that uh, has had success uh, at Grand Slams, former Grand Slam champion. 
and you know it's kind of been out in the wilderness the last couple of years but it's again coming off a grass court title last week somebody to, just to pay attention to if you're looking for an unseated player uh to maybe win this title uh elena ostapenko's won a grand slam before as an unseated player i think she could make a pretty deep run uh this week as well you know and, and i think again with the women we have so many players you know we could talk about as potentially being contenders there's definitely a few uh that i think are going to have really good tournaments uh you know are we, Arena Sabalenka, uh, in in the bottom half of the draw, number two seed in this tournament with the the Halep and Naomi Osaka withdraws. Um, you know I think Sabalenka is still trying to get to her first Grand Slam quarterfinal. Uh, hard to believe that she hasn't done that yet. It's only been to the second week at a Slam twice. Uh, did it for the second time in her career earlier uh, this season at the Australian Open. Um, I love her draw. I think this is the dream section for Sabalenka. I don't see anybody that's really going to give her too tough of a time in the first week. Uh, and then in the fourth round, she could play either uh, Maria Sakkari or Elena Rybakina, uh, which could be a little bit difficult. But honestly, I think Sabalenka, if she's ever uh, going to break through <laughs> and make her first Grand Slam quarterfinal, semifinal, I really think it's going to be in this tournament. Uh, love her game on the grass. Um, you know, I think she... It was a disappointing French Open, but I think she can more than make up for it here at Wimbledon uh, and make a huge run. And then another player I really like in the bottom half of the draw is Garbinia Muguruza, uh, the 2017 Wimbledon champion. Uh, she's the number 11 seed. Uh, the highest seed in her section is Iga Sviantek. Uh, Sviantek obviously won the French Open last year, um, You know, was one of the favorites in the French Open again this year. Um, you know, Has never won a match on grass, which is, is really interesting. Has played Wimbledon one time. Uh, did not win, lost in the first round. Uh, she's going to open with Sway Shea, which is going to be really interesting. But uh, we're talking about Muguruza. I, I like Muguruza a lot in this section. Uh, she could play Anza Jabour in the third round, which would be uh, be kind of a tough match. But I think Garbina, um, I, I think you know the last couple times she's played Wimbledon, uh, surprisingly has gone out pretty early after winning the title in 2017. Uh, lost in the second round in 2018, lost in the first round of 2019. Just really surprising. Her game translates really well to grass, um, you know. And I, but but I think this week she's she's really going to do uh, pretty well. Um, shouldn't be many problems in the first week at all. She could play Svetlana Kuznetsova in the second round, which I guess could be interesting. Maybe would have been interesting about five years ago, um, but shouldn't be any problem for Muguruza now. Uh, Jabor maybe in the third round, and then possibly Igas Fiontek in the fourth round. You know, I think if you're Garbini Muguruza, you would definitely sign up for that draw. Um, shouldn't be too much of a problem for her. Uh, you know, and I think a couple other players as well. I want to talk about in in the the bottom half. Um, you know, Kvitova obviously I think is is definitely somebody to watch uh, in in the Carolina Pliskova section. Um, you know, but I would I would look at uh, Elise Mertens, the number thirteen seed. I like her section a lot. Um, yes, you know, the Sophia Kennan, she's the highest seed in that section, but uh, Mertens is the thirteen seed. Um, pretty good draw. I would I would pay attention to her. She always seems to raise her level at Grand Slams. Uh, makes the second week at these things a lot. I would definitely pay attention. And then another one that I, I'll just say, and she could play Kvitova in the third round, but it's Jessica Pagula, uh, the number twenty two seed. Um, you know, has had a pretty good year in Grand Slams, made it to the quarterfinals at the Australian Open. Has never won a match at Wimbledon, uh, but I, I would just pay attention to that name. I think that, uh, you know, if she plays Kvitova, she could maybe give Kvitova a pretty good challenge there. Um, in terms of the first-round matches, there are a lot of really good first-round matches. Again, on the women's side, I've talked about a couple of them. Uh, Ash Barty versus Suarez Navarro is going to be really fun. It's going to be on center court, I hope. Um, could be really cool to, to see that atmosphere. Uh, hopefully they'd be, no offense to Barty, but I hope they would be very pro uh, Carlos Suarez Navarro in that match. Uh, I've already talked about it as well. Uh, Sloane Stevens and Patrick Kvitova is going to be an awesome match. Uh, Sloane Stevens had a really good French Open, uh, beat Carolina Pliskova there. And obviously former Grand Slam champion, as is Kvitova, who's won this title twice. And yeah, that that, that could be a really fun opening round match for sure. Uh, talk a little bit of well, Ines Viontek and Choice. Uh, Sviantek still looking for that first career win on grass. Uh, Suisse has had um, some big upsets at Wimbledon before, uh, most notably beating Simone Halep in 2018 here when she was uh, world number one. Uh, and yeah, with Suisse, she's just got so much variety in her game. She can definitely give anybody a lot of problems. That's going to be a really fun match because Sviantek, you know, very similarly, 
uh, plays with a lot of variety. Has very, they both have very good hands. They're both very good doubles players. That you can see some really entertaining points in that match. That that's one of my favorite first round matches on the women's side. That could be really fun. Another one I would definitely pay attention to is uh, Lena Svitolina versus Allison Van Udvonk. Uh, Svitolina is the number three seed. Uh, she's playing Van Udvonk, who beat Muguruza here a couple years ago, uh, en route to making it to the fourth round of this tournament. Um, you know, she's a, an extremely good grass court player. Again, like we were just talking about with Shui Shea, she's got a lot of variety in her game, pretty much made for the grass. Um, you know, Svitolina did make the semifinals here in 2019, but it's not had a great year in slams. Um, you know, Svitolina, again, we, we continue to kind of talk about it with her as we do with a lot of the players in the women's tour, maybe underachieving a little bit with her talent, um, you know, in terms of, of really not having a lot of success uh, in the second week of Grand Slams in her career. Um, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one for her to open with Von Udvon could maybe play, um, Anna Samova in the second round, uh, which would be really tough. So it's, it's going to be a really interesting match though against Van Udvonk. Um, I would not be surprised to see Van Udvonk uh, actually pull the upset there. Uh, then a couple other matches in the first round that I think are going to be really interesting. Um, you know, Olusi Cornet versus Bianca Andrescu. Andrescu still kind of working her way back onto the tour. Um, not a particularly easy draw there with, with Cornet in the first round. Uh, Christina Mladenovic versus Elena Rabakina. That could be kind of interesting. Um, you know, Samantha Stosert versus Shelby Rogers. Um, don't know if it's going to have a lot of implications in terms of <laughs> the tournament. Uh, you know, but it could be a really fun match to watch, I think. Um, you know, and then the other match that I think could be really fun uh, in the first round as well that I would definitely pay attention to um, is... Uh, oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, the other match that I think uh, is really good in the first round that I would I would pay some attention to for sure uh, has to be the Caroline Garcia the <laughs> Caroline Garcia match. Um, she is opening with um, she's opening against uh, Pagula. I think that could be a really good match as well. Uh, in terms of predictions, uh, like I said, Kanta withdrawing kind of threw my predictions all out of whack. I had to kind of go back and, and, and really think about this again. Uh, you know, but for my quarterfinals, I have uh, Ash Barty uh, with Kanta no longer in her draw. I've got her making it to the quarterfinals, and I have her playing uh, Victoria Azarenka. I think it's going to have a pretty good tournament. I like her draw a lot. Um, you know, in, in the next two sections, I got I got kind of some, some lower seeds making it because it's going to happen. Uh, you know some of the lower seeds are going to make it uh, on, the, on the women's side. Uh, Carolina Mukova, I think, is going to do it. Um, she's the 19th seed in this tournament. She made it to the quarterfinals uh, in 2019 here. She made it to the semis in Australia in 2021. Uh, a lot of variety. Um, and I think she's going to have a, a really good tournament. I like her draw a lot. Uh, she's in the Svitolina section. She could play Pavlachenko in the third round, but I, I really like her chances. She's a good grass court player, and I think she's going to make it back to the quarterfinals here. And then I have Angelique Kerber getting to the quarterfinals out of the Serena Williams section. I think right now, if she played Serena, I think I think she would win. I think Kerber would, would beat Serena if they played right now. Um, you know, Coco Goff is definitely somebody to watch as well in that section. She's the number 20 seed. She could play Benchich in the third round. Um, so, I mean, I think, honestly, there are a lot of players that could come out of that section. I think that is definitely the section of death in this tournament. I think any of those four seeds could make it through. But I just think Angelique Kerber... Uh, considering her form right now on the grass, I think has to be the the slight favorite to get out of that section. Uh, I have Petra Kvitova getting out of her section as well into the quarterfinals. Um, I again, she got Carolina Pliskova, Jessica Pagula in her section could be very difficult third and fourth round matches, but uh, I think Kvitova is the favorite. I think she will get through. Uh, I have Elise Mertens. I was just talking about Elise Mertens. I think she's going to get through her section. Uh, this is the Sophia Kennan section. Kennan is the number four seed, uh, but has not had a very good year at all. Has been struggling a lot. Um, and, you know, has never had a lot of success at Wimbledon. Uh, has never been past the second round. Uh, lost in the second round the last few times that she's played. Um, and, yeah, has just had not had a very good 2021 uh, if if she, I think she will probably get to the to the fourth round and play against Elise Mertens, but I think Mertens uh, would win that match. And then I have Muguruza and Sapalenka getting through uh, the bottom two sections. I just like their draws, uh, and if if they're playing well, uh, they they should have uh, little to no trouble getting through the quarters. Uh, the semis, I would probably take 
or in the quarters, I would take Barty and Kerber probably to, to meet each other in the semifinals. And then I would probably take Kvitova and Sabalenka, although Muguruza Sabalenka would be a heck of a match. Uh, I would probably lean Sabalenka there. Uh, so for the final, um, I would probably go, honestly, uh, with Kerber and Sabalenka, and I would go Sabalenka in that match. Um, so I have Irina Sabalenka winning uh, the tournament. Uh, considering her, her track record at majors, uh, I'm probably just asking to be let down. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I think she's going to have a really good tournament. I think it's time. Uh, it's been time for a while, I feel like. Um, and, and I think she's finally going to break through and, and get it done here at Wimbledon. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that is pretty much it for me in terms of predictions, previews. Um, you know, I'm sure I'll do maybe a recap podcast, uh, go over what's I'm sure going to be a very busy, uh, two weeks, but, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Um, enjoy Wimbledon. Uh, if you're on the East coast, uh, it's going to be some early mornings. If you're on the West coast, it's going to be even earlier mornings. Um, yeah, but I'll be trying to, I'll be getting up very early, setting the alarm alarm clock uh for for probably five thirty every day trying to get as much Wimbledon in as I can uh, especially again after not having it last year uh feels like it's been forever since we've had Wimbledon and um yeah I'm gonna try to get as as much in as I can but uh yeah thank thanks everybody uh enjoy Wimbledon and I'll talk to you later